Hi, and welcome to the second in our insurance podcast series, hosted by Life Insurer FMI, in partnership with um, us, Cover Magazine, in which we'll be addressing various aspects of life insurance. I'm Tony Fanikak, the editor of Cover Magazine, and I'm joined, joined by personal finance guru, Mapalo Maku, and Brad Turin, the chief executive of Life Insurer FMI. In our previous episode, we looked briefly at the insurance gap, Um, We spoke about the fact that so many uh, South Africans are underinsured and and how we are um, going to close that gap. We've first got to close the trust gap between customers we spoke about and then we said the advisors and the industry as a whole should be involved to assist in closing that gap. So today we're talking about the concept of income protection, which remains a significantly underused tool in the average South African portfolio. So, um, Brad, let's kick off with you, um, and you can tell us a little bit about your approach, FMI's approach, to income protection and why you've chosen this route. Sure, thank you. So I think, firstly, for, for us, income protection is, is much more than just the insurance benefit income protection. For us, income protection is a fundamentally new way of thinking about life insurance. And it really starts with reshaping that entire conversation you have. You know, so much of it starts with saying, well, how do we protect your family if something happens to you? How do we protect, uh, how do we make sure that your, your children are taken care of if you pass away? That's life insurance in the traditional sense. For us, we, we want to shift around completely and say the most important thing you have, there is no asset more valuable than protecting your ability to earn an income and protecting the income you haven't had a chance to earn yet. And it's that future-looking focus for us that starts. And, and some of it is around building building some tools and, and, and some different ways to think about life insurance and have that conversation. So one of the things we've created, for example, is a future income calculator. And then many people don't realize how valuable they are. And one of, the, one of the ways we say it's nice to think about is saying, well, well, how much income are you going to earn for the rest of your life? And when someone puts that down and comes back and it says 30, 40 million rand, you, you think about yourself and your needs completely differently. And then for us, the next thing is to say, well, what are the things that could happen? What are the various things that could prevent you from being able to earn that future income and give your family the future you want and the dreams that you have? And there for us, there's kind of four broad categories. It's, it's a temporary injury or illness. It's the permanent injury or illness. And, and, and I suppose serious critical illnesses, cancer, stroke, heart attack. And then the fourth one is obviously death. But when you break it down and you actually look at the reality of, of what are the chances of those things happening to you during your working career, once again you get, I think, a surprise. Is that the far greatest, or the, by far the most likely event to happen to you is a temporary injury illness. Most working people, it's a virtual certainty that somewhere in their working career, something is going to happen that's going to stop them from working for two weeks, three weeks, could be a month. And, and in, in this context, most people are two to three months away from serious financial consequences, if not bankruptcy. And that's really, when we're talking about an income-first philosophy to life insurance, those are the kind of things we're trying to change, is, is really think about what is the mix of cover you need. Why would you need more life cover than disability, when logically, if you're disabled, you need to provide for yourself and your family, whereas if you pass away, there's one less mouth to feed, to be blunt. Yet on average, South Africans have three or four times more life cover than disability cover. That fundamentally does not make sense. The other thing we're challenging is the mix between lump sum cover and income benefits. 
if if really this is starting out to say how do I protect myself and how do how do I make sure that the income I haven't had a chance to earn is protected, you should be protecting that with a benefit that pays you an income rather than a benefit that pays you a one-off lump sum. And it's really in those two areas that we, we're really trying to challenge a, a significant change in behavior across the entire industry. So, Mapala, from a customer perspective and your experience, um, uh, what are your views on the income protection? And then also, um, what do you see as the advantages for customers? And then what questions should they be asking, well, probably themselves as well as the advisors, um, in the uh, in context of income protection? So, Tony, I look at myself as an entrepreneur, right? I don't have a fixed income, and I always have to work. If anything happened to me, or I couldn't earn an income for whatever reason, either some sort of trade disease or critical illness, I would be in trouble. So for me, protecting my income, making sure that when I'm not able to work for whatever reason, that I can still pay my bills. Because remember, Tony, when you get sick or get ill, your bills don't go away. They don't take a holiday and say, you know, well, this time around she's sick, so we're going to go on holiday now. They keep on coming. So for me, it is very important. I have a four-year-old son. He needs to go to school. The household uh, needs to keep on running. So with income protection, I know for sure that my needs will still be taken care of. Life still continues. I think there's nothing worse than being in a really bad financial situation and now having, let's say you are very sick and still having to worry about money. So I think income protection really takes the weight off, off of you. So the questions people should be asking themselves is, what is my lifestyle? If anything happened to me, would I be okay? And I think the biggest advantage of income protection or income first is that a lot of people don't have emergency funds, right? If you don't have an emergency and you do have an emergency, then you have to resort to loans and, you know, it can be a whirlwind of financial ruin. But with income protection, you know for sure that you will have some sort of backup. You can still go on. Mm. Yeah, that's so important to see. So, Brad, from an insurer perspective, um, how do you see the advantages to customers and advisors then um, of this income first approach? Um, how do we get advisors and their customers to change the habits that um, has been built up over a lifetime? Because the history of the life insurance industry is actually lump sum. It's lump sum and almost exclusively life cover. And, and those are two challenges we're trying to overcome. And, and, I, and I really like the way Mapalo explained it, is that what income protection does is allows you to still have an income when you're unable to earn it. It kind of takes care of you when you can't take care of yourself. And that means you can continue to pay your bills, provide for your family, look after your children. You know, two of the themes we often speak about, which I think is, is why income protection is such a beautiful benefit, is, is this idea of a sphere of influence. You know, one person typically has so many other people that they affect or, or depend on them. And you think of it in, in kind of immediate terms of, well, my wife or my children. But actually it goes far deeper than that. You have, if you're an entrepreneur, you have business, you have employees that depend on you. They have families. There are other businesses that depend on you. In South Africa, given our dire economic situation, if you're lucky enough to earn an income, there are a huge amount of people that you are providing for and depend on you every single day. 
The other thing that, that we talk about is this idea of a temporary interruption, a temporary injury or illness could have permanent consequences. Because so many of us are living month to month and don't have an emergency fund, one, two, three months without an income changes your future sometimes forever. And that's, that's really what we're trying to protect. So for me, that's probably the, the biggest advantage to customers is knowing that you have that continuity. You have that safety net if something happens. The other advantage is, is it is significantly cheaper. You know, there, there are so many advantages to income benefits over a lump sum. I mean, that's probably a podcast all in its own. But I mean, the, the obvious one is behavioral. You know, as, as human beings, we are not hardwired to handle a large amount of money. We are going to do stupid things. There's no one poorer than a lotto winner three years later. And, and I think a continuous income stream is, is far better suited for the way we live our lives and the way we think. But I mentioned the cost savings, and in the previous podcast we talked about the insurance gap. The reality is you can't go around to South Africans nowadays and say you need to spend twice as much on life insurance, because we can't afford to. But if there's a way to reshape the type of cover people are buying, and you can actually give them more cover for the same price, I think that's a viable solution to closing the gap. And that's ultimately what Income First does, is income protection and income benefits are significantly cheaper than the equivalent lump sum. And here we think is a way to actually change the advice, to give people more cover for the same amount of money, to make it more efficient, but not asking anyone to spend more than they're able to. So the, the advantages to the advisors are, are almost linked. It allows you as an advisor to give that type of advice, to create a, a sales opportunity without asking someone to take more money out of their wallet. And the other thing we've, we've seen is that people value income benefits. Policies that we have we have on our books with income benefits are half as likely to cancel in their first year as lump sum. And that means that when people protect their income, they understand it and they value it. And it's pointless having cover in place if you're going to cancel it. So I think that's a key advantage. And maybe a softer one is, is in, a, in a very competitive market for advisors, having a slightly different approach to the way you have discussions and the way you give advice has to give you a competitive advantage. It has to set you apart from the rest. Mm. So, Mapala, through your writings and your blogs, and etc., I mean, you've got an influence in the um, customer's uh, space. Mm. So what are you adva advising uh, customers at the moment about this? So, Tony, one of the things that I think I'm able to communicate well with my audience is I use real-life examples. Mm. And for me, it came very close to home with income protection after I had had my first child, uh, well, my only child, <laughs> um, and I was hospitalized. They found a lung infection. Um, I had a lung infection. And if I did not have income protection, even though, yes, it, it was only for two months. But again, the bills keep on coming. But I was not worried about finances. I was just worried about getting better. That's it, right? But I think the conversation really should be with financial advisors. And again, uh, with what Brad has mentioned, that if you're sitting across a financial advisor who becomes a teacher more than just a salesperson, that is a competitive advantage. If you are sitting across someone like that and you can see that they are really vested in you becoming more educated about your personal finances, you are less likely to cancel that. You know that 
this income protection, this is what it does. And I know I have backup. Mm. So I think for me, using real life examples of my family, friends, obviously um, when they've permitted me to, I think it hits the spot. And I think it's very important to sometimes when we talk about income protection, when we talk about life cover um, or insurance as such, we talk about, oh, this could happen to you, all this bad stuff. So that kind of language already turns people away. But if you can, re if you can make people see the real-life effects of something happening, then you end up with a good story and not a bad one. I think that's the big thing is to end up with a big uh, with a good story and yes. um, to show what the real value is. Um, Brad, you have some comment. I just wanted to extend on on one of the things you were saying there, particularly around when you were in hospital and the the fact that you could focus on getting better. And I think we underestimate that. You know, it's one of the most powerful things about income protection, and we see it sometimes in our claim statistics. Is that one of the one of the areas around income protection is this is this thing called a waiting period which is how long you need to be sick for before you're able to claim. And we see fundamentally different claims experience with shorter waiting periods because what that tells me is that the sooner you're able to get treatment, the sooner you're going to recover. And when you don't have income protection, you don't feel like you have the freedom to actually go and get the treatment you need and you put it off, put it off, and something minor could become something serious. And the, the financial stress added to the stress of your health only makes your recovery time longer. And, and maybe my, my final point is just around income protection as a starting point of the conversation because my concern is that so many young people in particular are put off life insurance because their first exposure to life insurance is, do you need life cover? And the answer is, no, I don't. I don't have debt. I don't have dependence. So why should I take life cover? And that conversation closes them off to all the other parts of life insurance, particularly income protection. I would love to get to the point where every single person's first exposure to the life insurance industry is a discussion around how do we pre protect the income you've just started to earn. Yeah, I mean, death is just one aspect in this whole picture. So, um, yeah, I mean, lots of food for thought. Um, and um, um, it, it's great to hear the message coming out that um, protecting the income, you know, protecting your ability to generate an income that would... Um, pay your other insurances, etc., as part of this, that you don't have to drop that when you get sick because you don't have the money to pay for that. So, Mapalo and Brad, thank you very much. Um, it was interesting again to chat to you and um, looking forward to our third session coming up soon.